0: Hey, what's going on, and thank you for listening. Today's episode, you're going to hear how Las Vegas was built and how Las Vegas crumbled with the mafia, how they came in and how they went out. And you're also going to learn that a lot in the movie Casino, just like Goodfellas, Robert De Niro's character, Joe Pesci's character, yep, they're based on real, actual life people that were involved in or around the Chicago Mafia. But stay tuned because up next, and we'll also hear how Patriarcher had control in the Flamingo and how Bugsy Siegel was whacked out over his greed. But it's your boy, and stay tuned for the rise and fall of Vegas, Mafia style. It's your boy Mikey, and we out. Robert De Niro played a great role. In Goodfellas. And we know Goodfellas was a pretty much close to true or real life as we could get. How about Casino? Let's check out a piece by the real man that inspired Casino. The real life Chicago tough guy, Coletta. He made his way into the Las Vegas mob business in the 70s. And right away he became part of the Mafia. And right away, they knew where they were going to put him. They was going to run the desert city. He was there through all the bloodshed, through the big business. And then he was even there when the mafia exploded. Now Frankie Coletta runs, well, the last thing he did was run in a lot of tours in Vegas that take visitors to the old places of the mafia used to frequent. He would take people on different tours and he even, um, he said, he even shudders at the thoughts, things that went on in Sin City, along with the course of his own brand, things that he'd done himself. When you ask about the real people of Casino, they'll tell you it's 75% accurate. He said they think they did a lot of things to spice it up a little, you know, to give it that whole Atlantic City Casino touch. That's what they do in movies. They pump shit up. They juice it up because, come on, let's face it, real life is boring. If real life wasn't boring, why would we go to see movies like Casino, Goodfellas, Heat, The Godfather? Because things interest people. And especially the lames that don't have the balls or the guts to do this kind of work themselves. Frankie Colletta is actually portrayed in the movie by actor Frank Visit. But the truth, in order to get the full story of the time in Vegas, you need to go deeper and research a lot more than Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. But the film does have a lot of truth in it. But it's just one era of the Mafia's stranglehold of Las Vegas strip that was represented in movies. See, the Mafia started dominating Las Vegas before the movie films even began. What was Las Vegas really known from back then? Major Mafia families, they held their interests down. They held their control of their businesses. And they did what they had to do to make money. What did the movie casino get right? And what did it get wrong? I guess to really start about Vegas, you have to go back to the beginning. How far back? Way back. See, Las Vegas was built on a foundation of gold. The state of Nevada, when they legalized gambling and reduced the residency requirement for divorce back in like 1931, they were designed to get people to come here to like the place, to stay here and invest. People don't realize that the divorce, changing the age requirement, the residency requirement, that helped Vegas. Because people get divorced, they get lonely, they're going to go to Vegas, and, you know, they're going to spend money and do what they got to do. Anybody that comes to Vegas, they figured they would come here to spend money. And let's face it, before Vegas was in the middle of the desert... There wasn't no money coming there. In 1941, the first hotel on the Strip opened up. The name of that hotel was named El Rancho Vegas. And on April 3rd, it had about maybe 60, 70 rooms. So it wouldn't really fit into today's Las Vegas. But then, the same year, the El Cortez ended up opening downtown. And that may have been the first... Bugsy Siegel property. Also in '41, Nevada legalized off-track betting also, which made the race wire very, very profitable. And that's really what excited guys like Lansky and Siegel. The hotel business would end up following. See, the mafia said, oh, off-track betting is being legalized in Nevada, but this was all a plan. I think Bugsy Siegel invested for nothing.
1: Now this place was off limits Even I couldn't get inside But it was my job to keep it filled with cash That's for sure They had so much fucking money in there You could build a house out of stacks of $100 bills And the best part was that upstairs The board of directors didn't know what the fuck was going on I mean, to them, everything looked on the up and up Right? Wrong The guys inside the counting room Were all slipped in there to skim the joint dry They'd do short counts, they'd lose fill slips, they'd even take cash right out of the drop boxes. And it was up to this guy right here, standing in front of about $2 million, to skim the cash off the top without anybody getting wise, the IRS or anybody. Now notice how in the count room nobody ever seems to see anything. Somehow somebody's always looking the other way. Now look at these guys, they look busy, right? They're counting money, who wants to bother them? I mean, God forbid they should make a mistake and forget to steal. Meanwhile, you're in and you're out. Past the jago of guard who gets an extra C note a week just to watch the door. I mean, it's routine. Business as usual. In, out, hello, goodbye. And that's all there is to it. Just another fat fuck. Bu-
0: if you're watching casino, they have a mafia guy that walks inside of a room. He takes a large satchel of money, fills it up. And walks out with nobody even paying attention that he was even there. That is what the skimming operation was really about. And I think it's really fair to say that the skimming was the golden egg. They could just walk in and take that money and put it into so many other things that made a profit. Running the casinos, that was the center of things. They could have made even more money, but they centered their profits on the casino business itself. The skimming, that could be put in all kinds of illegal and legal activities around the world. And if you think of the scene in The Godfather, there's a scene where Don Corleone is saying drugs are wrong. Even though a lot of mafia guys was, would say they're against drugs, but they would still take envelopes. Of people that would deal drugs, and a lot of that money from the skim went to dealing drugs. They would put whatever money they can into illegal activities that they got from the skim. With the except for the Senate committees' estate covers Senate committee hearing, which was in uh, Vegas and in New York, the mob was really going untouched, and they're running and managing the skimming of the casinos on the back end. But like a lot of the smooth operations, things end up always falling apart. And that was the main theme in casino. Things started falling apart because greed, mismanagement, adultery, just people cannot keep it real. And money does that. Money will get in the middle of friendship and business so fast... As the end of the 1969 turned into 1970, a new era of gangsters were beginning to work their way up the rinks of the mafia chain. Frankie Lefty Rosenthal, represented in Casino as Robert De Niro's Sam Ace Rostein. Yup, he was a real character. He was a real person. Sam was a gambling mastermind. Numbers, odds, and betting lines was populated his mind. The same way football routes are in the mind of NFL players. Lefty was from Florida. He was a very, very smart friggin' guy. He was probably one of the best odds makers in the country from what I read. Frank Coletta, he was a former associate of lefty and mobster boss Tony Sparretto. Remember the guy put the first race book up in the casinos. The first one. He had a dream that he could do this and he did it. And everyone else ended up following suit. Otherwise, all the sports books, they were off the strip. He put them right in the damn casinos with all these damn TVs. That was a smart friggin' move. Sam knew all the athletes, and he'd know who was sick and who wasn't sick. He'd find out from the friggin' trainers who even had a cold, who had a fucking toothache, sprained ankle. I mean, he was pretty sharp. He'll let you know how the line was gonna be set. Some people don't hold Sam Rothstein with the same respect. Some people say he was way overrated. Sam made his start in the Chicago Mafia, helping the outfit make money through illegal sport betting rackets. Eventually, Sam, aka Lefty, ended up moving out to Florida. He continued to do his betting operation, taking numbers, doing odds, taking bets, making money here and there, right out of Miami. But he's seen trouble too. He got arrested for illegal gambling and bookmaking rackets in both states. But his great skills in bookmaking and gambling led the the mafia to send him to Vegas. Acting as one of the mob's primary cash conduits, Lefty took over management at four damn casinos. He was that good. The Hacienda, the Stardust, the Fremont, and the Marina. They were all funded by the Argent Corporation a company owned by real estate mogul Alan Glick. The Glick company was given loans by the team's Suspension Plan, which was under control by the mob. Back then, they didn't really call it the mob, they called it the outfit. That certified their presence, dominated the strip. If it said, this is operated by the outfit, then you knew who ran the joint. The outfit ended up purchasing four casinos and they ended up using Alan Glick as the front man. He was a real estate mogul out of San Diego. And he pretty much had a clean name. So you needed somebody in there. Like Lefty. Who had a criminal record. And he couldn't be an owner in the casino. So he had to remain a host or something like that. Pretty much just like in the movie Casino. You had the um that clean ass guy. What was his name? Moe. That um... That pretty much he was the, the front man. But the Arjuns Casinos were tied to three main Midwestern families. You had Chicago, Kansas City, and Milwaukee. It really was symbolic that you had the teams controlling certain things. And you had the mob controlling certain things. And different groups involved. Chicago was very crucial. Jimmy Hoffer, as part of his rise to the top, He made all types of deals with the devil. And the deals included bringing in Alan Dorfman to run the pension fund. Dorfman was the adopted son of Capone's buddy. He came through a divine, pretty much to say. You know, he was giving it. But he was running a pension fund out of Chicago. They loaned money to all types of people. They even loaned it to Argent. But also for the building of Caesar's Palace and Circus Circus. In the early 70s, Dorfman asked Jay Sano to allow a friend of his to take over the gift shop under an assumed name, Tony Spilitro. Anthony Tony Spelitro was another Chicago-made man who moved up the ranks of the outfit. He, too, was sent by the Chicago mob to Vegas to help control and keep after their interests in the casino. Actually, Spilitro is actually played by Joe Pesci in the movie casino. In real life, Tony was tied to at least two dozen murders. Tony Cilicio was about twelve years old going bada bar shining shoes. They began he began robbing people, doing all kinds of shit in the neighborhood, you know, so he ended up getting a reputation to be a bad motherfucker. And it seems Joe Pesci plays that part very friggin' well. Tony ended up moving up the ladder right away in, in Chicago. He was just that kind of guy. He was a violent friggin' guy. But you had to do something wrong for Tony to get you. You really for even to bring that out of him. In 78, Coletto was ordered to go up there by Joey Lombardo, who was the, one of the bosses in the outfit. Tony asked him several times to move out to Vegas because he wanted someone that he grew up with. Someone to watch his back more or less. Lombardo came up to me to tell me, you got to go to Vegas. He's your boy. You got to go there and you got to go now. You're the only one he trusts and that's that. So pretty much that was the only offer that he got and on the way he goes. In Casino, Scorsese actually visioned Pesci and De Niro characters as childhood friends. Really, that myth is really Tony and and Lefty were friends growing up. When Coletta ended up flying into Vegas, he got his shit together and then he met up with Tony. They had a sit-down as to what Frank was gonna be doing while he was out in Vegas, what was gonna be his main responsibilities. He told them straight up, there's no stealing in this town. We can't steal. They assembled the crew together. As Tony told Coletta, I don't want to meet your crew. Just put them together. I want a percentage. I don't even want to know who they are. And I'll let you know what I need them to do. So really, Tony had no idea what he was going to do there. He just knew he would be doing something. Coletta was one of the associates from Chicago that was known as the Hole in the Wall Gang. They were famously known for going through walls of homes, banks, and various estates in order to take the rewards of whatever they wanted. And that was also portrayed in Casino. Except in real life, Politro really went on jobs with the gang. He was more of the silent leader who told them where to go. So now they all get pinched. Not only Sal's flipping, now Coletta's flipping also, and testifying against his friends. Frank claims that he did it because the mafia put a contract on his head, or Henry Hill flip. I guess the Jerry Listner murder was coming back to haunt him. Tony Spelitro, he didn't seek the proper authority from his bosses when sending Coletta to kill the man. And now the criminal organization is really upset about the situation. Coletta said he asked Tony if he got the okay from Chicago. He said, of course. That's the way I was brought up. You've got to get the okay. Come to find out, Tony didn't have an okay. They questioned him on it over a taped conversation. He didn't even know it was being taped. And one of the guys he was talking to said, then you know what you got to do. You got to clean your dirty laundry. That means get rid of me. He was saying I did it on my own. That I did it without his permission, which is bullshit. So I testified in court because they tried to kill me. There was a contract out on my life. I seen too many guys that said it's not possible. It's not going to happen to me. And they got whacked. I was the one whacking some of them. I was too smart for that. I've had 46 friends that were all murdered one way or another from their own friends, and I've decided no way am I going to get whacked, also. That's why I became a federal witness, said Coletta. That is why Frankie Coletta said he testified. Coletta, up on the witness stand, pointed to Spilitro as the perpetrator of a double killing 20 years earlier, dubbed the Eminem murder. But Tony beat them charges. Because of his treachery, Coletta was placed under the rat squad for at least two years. A, cr- a contract remained on his head for over ten years. But now, even if this guy's alive, and he probably knows anyone with a contract on him is dead or in jail, there ain't nobody left to enforce it. The only guys that really are really alive are probably in jail. But r- meanwhile, Lefty had his own issues. Lefty Rosenthal entered his vehicle outside of a restaurant and turned the ignition, which was triggered an explosive device, under the car. That was also in the movie Casino. The explosion didn't even go as planned, rocking it out the rear ass of the vehicle instead of blowing up the interior. Lefty got a little burned and injured, but he survived. But the theories surrounding the assassination attempt they revolved around a damn love triangle between Tony and Lefty's wife, Jerry, which was also portrayed in the movie Casino. The other possibility of the car bombing was that the Mafia was upset at Rosenthal after he had been expelled from his position at the Stardust. As for Tony... Played by Joe Pesci, well, he got the same ending. He was found in a grave in an Indiana cornfield, beaten to death, along with his brother Michael. The murder was reconstructed on the film Casino. But here's what a witness said. One informant's testimony said that he thinks Tony's brother was causing a lot of problems back in Chicago. So Tony had to go back to Chicago for a sit-down to straighten out the beef that his brother was causing. Tony knew that when he was contacted that if he didn't, the chances of saving his brother's life were slim to none. So he knew he had to go to Chicago. I mean, he knew he was a pretty powerful guy back then. Do you think he was able to talk these guys out of not killing his brother? And the whole idea to get him back to Chicago was to beef with his brother. They figured if they can get Tony back to Chicago, that if they killed his brother Michael without Tony, then Tony would have started a friggin' war. It would have been the worst war you have ever seen. So they wanted to get Tony and his brother Michael together, whack them both out together. The witness went on to say it would have been a horrible war. You think New York was killing a lot of people? There would have been bodies everywhere. They knew to get Tony with his brother at the same time. Tony realized it right away when he was going down the stairs in that basement. The FBI called me and said, Tony's missing. The first thing the witness said was, he's dead. He ain't gonna run. Tony and Michael... I'm not going to run. He's dead. They said they found him in a cornfield. They weren't killed in no cornfield. They were killed in a basement of someone's house in the suburbs. Probably around the airport. And of course he knew because the witness was right there. Between corporations buying in to Vegas... And the RICO Act allowing Las Vegas police and strike force leeway to attacking mafia members, and inner beefs ripping the mob machine apart at the seams. The Las Vegas and the mafia house of cards eventually started to fall. In 1986, the Chicago's mafia's highest chiefs were all indicted for skimming from the casino's profits. The final came in 97 when a final investigation by authorities scattered the last evidence of the mafia's machine. Back in the 70s, these mobsters were at discos. They were at restaurants. And at 97, they were at used car dealerships. I think that speaks of how far down the mafia has gone. The last big moment in terms of getting the mob out of casinos... On the strips, most people would be likely to point to post-casino stardust because the new ownership group came in after Glick, but it included a bunch of people who had been there before. Glick and the Skidman went on. Finally, the state forced out that group, asked the Boyd family to run it. The Boyd has been in the casino business forever and were Clean, and eventually, the Boyds bought it and the Boyds Game in, Is now a major corporation. It's a difficult question. It's kind of like. When did the civil war begin. And when did it end. It just kind of peters out. And peters in. The resources they had. The publicity. The newspapers they were all in. Fighting everybody in law enforcement. It is so hard. To beat the system. Because they have. So many more team players. They have so much more money than the Mafia. you just eventually going to get caught up in it. Even the biggest thieves are the ones in Washington. And they want to see people like the Mafia off the streets. Because Washington D.C. wants control. Some places out there in Vegas you could still go places where the old hangouts were. The places where the hole in the wall gang once went. Where the booze and the broads and the money flowed so frequently. They say it was a nice time to be a gangster back then. Back before everything shifted. Before things got all screwed up. Before the face of Las Vegas. But that era is now over. And there can never be a mafia wire west again. Are there a lot of thieves out there? But is there organized crime outfits or syndicate out here? I don't know. But I don't see that where I'm at. I don't feel it. I don't hear anyone talking about it anymore. It's definitely not in the casinos. Now the corporations are in all the casinos. The Indians are running casinos. There's no more organized crime in casinos at all. But I bet there are still some guys that still do it. But I bet they're not even high rollers. Are they even big guys? Are the big guys all gone? Thank you for listening. This is the story about how Vegas came and how Vegas went. It's your boy Mikey, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Check it in with more. We'll have more on Sam Lefty Rosenthal, Tony. These were all actual characters that were portrayed in the movie Casino. So check it out, your boy. Hit me up. Can we keep it real? forty at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out some of our other episodes. There was Tonza Heist, Jimmy Burke, other true life characters. It's your boy Mike.